0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Father and Joe. I'm Joe Rocky here with Father Boniface Hicks. And Father, we were discussing in our last episode about the importance of opening ourselves up to be vulnerable, to be able to have lasting relationships that build. And you mentioned in there that the long term benefit is our DNA and chemical or a chem biology actually will increase and put ourselves into a better situation, the more quality relationships that we have. And this is a a quality versus quantity thing in getting down the road of becoming open and becoming in a good vulnerable state with someone where we actually can, can live together in a state of trust. We discussed about how with God, he's not going to be judging us in terms of we said something wrong or some type of social awkwardness or anything like that. That doesn't exist in prayer um, and and therefore in becoming close to God. And then we discussed kind of some examples in the real life of how, of how this all really boils into risk in some format for another in that we can have risk that is measured and logical, um, I do this all the time with my business. If we put X amount of money into a property, we're going to be, it's more likely that it's going to sell in this range than not. Therefore we able to make enough money to pay all the employees. Yeah. That's something that's smart. If we go way over the top, does it increase our chances to get to the next tier? maybe, maybe not. So maybe we don't do that. So maybe we don't put marble on every single thing um, in the house and we use ceramic instead totally common decisions. And and that's why you do it. Uh, Because at the end of the day, if you're wrong, now you can't pay your employees and you've you've had a a trickle down effect. And I've kind of wanted to use this space because you mentioned in the last episode that we have to risk things where we're going to get a positive return. Um, To show an example of a negative return, there are many things that flutter through social media and between us recording this and then actually becoming public, there will probably be three new stupid ideas that people have done and recorded themselves to try to get the, the likes or whatever you do um, in the various platforms. And, you know, people putting themselves literally in harm's way to try to get a, a, a reaction of something that someone they'll never meet and someone that will never impact their lives, but the broken arm that doesn't heal correctly, that probably will be noticeable forever based upon which fad we're looking at here. So I bring that up because when, when we look at, at risk, we can also look at, okay, that's a negative return. There's really no positive upside with that. And when you go to the other side of the table of of going, well, if this does work, it's going to work out fantastic, but most of the time it's not going to work. Do we put all of our eggs in that basket? No, you put very little in that. You put a little bit there because if it does work, you want to be a part of it. But if not, you don't want to be all or nothing on a on a low probability thing. When we look at specifically our relationship with money, you were given an analogy before about how we don't want to use money as so we build our lives around because As they say, you can't take it with you as you go. It is fleeting, as you said. And that's true. However, there also is a requirement that we have to take care of ourselves and to take care of each other. And I I don't want the the last episode to come across that taking risks and trying to build yourself into a situation where you create more wealth as being a bad thing. Um, because we look at at situations you're sitting in one of them in, in higher learning where that is a risk. you know many of us have gotten degrees or spent money on classes that will never be applicable to anything in real life ever again. Um, anyone using that sociology class um, so really it, it's something that, you just net that that we it's a risk i mean we spent money so there was an outflow and there was no return so therefore you would look at it as a negative risk or do you can look at it from the standpoint of i learned something i wasn't really interested in i had to learn this skill of perseverance to be able to to push myself in something that wasn't naturally in my wheelhouse and you know everyone has that different category of what it is some people it's it's British literature or whatever. Um, and we, we all have gone through that. But still, we, we, we go through the process of making ourselves better so that we can take care of our families and not rely upon someone else to take care of us. And ultimately, I believe that that's part of, of love, um, to be able to put yourself out there in a risk situation where do I make this proposal to the boss where he might laugh at me or not. Well, did we think this thing through? Is it going to be a good idea? Is it actually something worthwhile? And and those types of thoughts, which ultimately would lead to more money, but if the reason behind it is we're doing it for love for another, whether it be love for a direct family person, ourselves, or society at large by not living off of the government, I think that those all are things that we can look at and not necessarily say that attempting, at, risking to get more money is not necessarily a pure negative waste in terms of our spirituality. So I wanted to start with that. Obviously, I didn't have enough time in the last episode to articulate all of that, but I wanted to, to have that type of conversation in this episode.
1: Yeah, and you you bring out a number of different points there, and I uh, certainly agree with you. I sort of corrected myself uh, from making a too strong a statement about Risking only for relationships and not for money. Um, anyway, I, I think I corrected that a little bit in terms of just talking about in general, we want to be intentional and thoughtful about those kinds of things, not reckless uh, on the one hand or or paralyzed with fear on the other hand. We want to find the middle road in all of those kinds of risks, which is the, the road of virtue and and uh, you know, in part the virtue of fortitude and and the virtue of prudence. So, uh, and then another point that you made, and, and this is where uh, when we talk about risk benefit analysis, uh, you know, you have to have a measurement in order to make that kind of analysis. And that's where another, uh, that's another aspect in which money can become problematic. And you were just alluding to that in the comments that you made, Joe, that uh, we don't want to, you know, Money is a means and we don't want to reduce people to money or people to, you know, it's like if I if I work this room uh, and I make connections, you know, pseudo friendships with these hundred people, that's going to increase my bank account. So now I've instrumentalized people and I've measured that according to the value that it's going to be in terms of money. I've made money the ultimate measurement, and I've made people a means to that end. And that's precisely the opposite of what John Paul II calls the personalistic norm that a person can never be a means to an end. Never. That anytime a person is a means to an end, it's sin. There's there's an evil there. So a person is, we we collaborate with people on projects. You know, I like to think about the 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 places where most inclined to instrumentalize people are maybe like in the service industry that we see the McDonald's checkout person as a means to the end of getting my lunch. And we need to resist that, never use a person as a means to an end. There is actually a mutual collaboration. We're working together on my lunch, in fact. And that person is also working on some other things that my payment will help them with. And so really the the work and the interaction, the encounter, is beneficial for both of us, and we're. Uh, it's better to think of it as a kind of collaboration, so that we don't instrumentalize, we don't turn a person into a means, we don't objectify the person. So, when we're measuring risk-benefit analyses, we have to be careful about that, that we don't objectify people and measure people in terms of money. So that's the the kind of Marxist critique that that led to communism and in other ways. The Marxist Manifesto is seeing the way that we can end up instrumentalizing people. I have this amount of money, therefore I can afford this a number of employees who will then make this much more amount of money. And then an employee and a computer and a factory and a machine are all kind of interchangeable parts. And we can't ever do that. And that's really the, the church's social teaching is pushing against that equivalence of people and parts or people and machines. People are not just a more sophisticated or sometimes even cheaper version of a machine. Uh, People are people. and, And doing good work in a good environment is sanctifying. It makes us good. We grow in our holiness. We grow in goodness. We grow in our perfection as human beings by doing good work in a good way. And so providing work for people, which capital can do, is a very good thing that we can provide people opportunities and we can hire more people if we have more capital so we can provide more work for more people. But then we're developing more relationships with those people and we're working together towards all of us becoming holy and not just getting a product out in order to increase the bottom line so that my bank account becomes more full, right? So just a, a, a lot of moving parts in there that are important to kind of keep in the right order, to keep the right absolutes in mind And so, likewise, we can't sort of risk, we have to be careful about how we risk people, or uh, we can talk about risking ourselves, and that's where, to get back to vulnerability, we're wandering, I guess, a bit astray from vulnerability, but um, to get back to that, it's really a way of risking myself, risking something that's important or essential to me for some gain. When I do that in a relationship, I risk my heart in order to grow in trust and in this relationship to grow in intimacy. I risk rejection or betrayal. But the benefit of real communion, a communion of persons, is fulfilling to who I am, what I was made to be, and fulfilling for the other person in that as well. And then there are particular kinds of relationships like marriage or certain kinds of friendships, where there's that you know, risking takes some different dimensions into it, and and leads to some different benefits, some different outcomes. Then we can be you know mindful of all of that. But um, anyway, it's a, a lot of a lot of thoughts to to ponder.
0: Yeah, certainly, and, and and in terms of looking at people as as a replacement part, that that's certainly not w- what I was trying to imply. There, I was actually trying to come from the other side of it. Is that you know. Spending time to make ourselves better, to to make a risk in ourselves, to increase our ability to create money is not a problem. Um, but the other side of the fence of um, expecting other people to take care of us um, in whatever fashion it is can be a problem. It, it, there, there is um, a risk element in that, in that, as you were saying in the beginning about being foolhardy with our risk, we shouldn't risk anything everything that we have for, for our savings on a long shot that has no probability or a very low probability of happening, um, that, that's not you know prudent, um, as you were saying before. Um, and likewise, it, it, it's not right to not take the risk at all. Um, you know, at the end of the day, an interview is a risk to try to get a job. It might work, it might not. But it's not right to, to ourselves or to those around us to just accept that uh, I don't want to deal with the possibility of being told no, so therefore I won't. And I think that that's um, in, in a big picture becoming a problem um, in many places. But we see the, the downturn of it in obviously from economical measurable ways. But one of the things that's less measurable is, is the quality of relationships. You know, it, 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 it's easier to just text something on your phone or to write something anonymously into the internet versus actually meeting someone in person and having a conversation with them. Um, you know, because you can say whatever essentially anonymously in the internet, but when you're sitting across from someone um, in person or even in how we're doing it here where you see the other person's face through Skype, it's different. You you can there's consequence of actually physically seeing each other and communicating with that. But the benefits are at the end of the day, everything we articulated in the last episode. You get more meaningful relationships, and in terms of dealing with with going back to the the mecca, the, the podcast here, in that we're talking about about Jesus here, is that doing that relationship with God is always worth the risk. And there there are people. Po- blocks up to prevent it. But it's something that the more we do, the better we're at with it. Um, To jump now, three episodes ago, we were talking about how we can become closer to Christ. And one of the ways is we have to put ourselves in situations where we can encounter Christ. And that inherently can be perceived as a risk. Like, okay, we, we can go to this retreat And I'm going to give up X amount days of my life and I'm not going, I might perceive Jesus and this relationship in the way that I think I'm going to, or I might not. Well, if your expectations are wrong, you're probably not going to, that's just flat out. We discussed that in that episode um, back then. But the other part of it is, is that it also could be perfect and work out great. And, One of the examples you gave in that was when we talk about adoration and doing extra things outside of the mass and how for most of us we experience the best benefits of adoration at the end of it and because we sat with it. it, it, As you've discussed, was sitting with emotions many times. And I'll, I'll give this to you in a second, but just one last thought on this is there are people who run those sensory deprivation centers where essentially you have no sense sensory activity. There's no noise. There's, there's no light, anything like that. And when they interview people after them, they essentially have found that the longer you were in there, the more beneficial it is. Okay, that seems pretty obvious, but it's the tail ends that make it worth more. And... For those who haven't done math in a long time, there's these charts that start very long where they don't get anything off the ground. And then at one point, they just skyrocket through the roof. And that's kind of how it can be with sensory deprivation. For sure, they're able to prove that. But also with quiet prayer. You know, if, if we sit there only for five minutes or so in the beginning, yes, you'll get something out of it but you get way more out of it if you sit there for 60 or 90 or two hours, um, you know, 60 minutes, 90 minutes or or, or 120 minutes um, versus stepping in three times a day for 20 minutes. So it's something that I'm sure that you've experienced and, and can articulate better with, but it's also a risk. Like I'm sitting here essentially in quiet prayer for two hours. I could have done all this other things that, I guess ultimately or temptation, but that uh, that keep us from growing closer to God. I know that was a lot right there, but I want to give you a chance to, to conclude this episode as we have about five minutes left or so.
1: Yeah, and another way of describing risk and benefit and, and some of the things you're saying about prayer and putting in the time, uh, we talk about investment. And investments, um, maybe we have a return on investment it's sort of like a risk-benefit analysis. I don't know why we're all in this economic space here, but uh, return on investment, we try to calculate that before making the investment. <clears throat> and we understand that that return is not going to come until many years later. And there's a kind of risk there too. Uh, we don't know we're going we're to live that long. Uh, so eat, drink, and be merry. Tomorrow you die. You know, Eat dessert first. Life is short. I mean, we have these kinds of things that encourage us to just spend now and enjoy money now, enjoy these things now. But wise people uh, make investments and take the risk that they're going to live long enough that the investment is going to benefit them or likely also someone else. And so we start to understand our lives as more than simply my life, but really our life as we commit ourselves to relationships and we make that kind of relational investment in people. We talk about that in family terms, and we talk about that also in, you know, work terms or friendship terms. We make investments in people. We invest time and energy, and we're not immediately looking for the payoff. Uh, just like those monetary investments, we put them in a mutual fund. We put them in an, a 401k. We, we put them away for a later time, and we, you know, we hope that those things grow And we do that in a a reasonable risk-benefit analysis, uh, not being reckless about that. But we do that a lot in in relationships. We invest time in people. And we're not looking for a strictly quid pro quo uh, exchange that I'm going to invest this and get an X amount out of you or something like that. But we have a kind of intuitive sense of, well, when I really go out of my way to spend time with somebody, then... You know, a lot of times they go out of their way to, to help me out. And um, when it all is said and done, you know, we're both winners. We both have more. We've added more to each other's lives than we could have had alone. And the investment itself is actually a blessing. I'm not merely uh, slaving away in order to get onto your calendar or uh, win your friendship or get something out of you. So we make those kinds of, of investments in people. And and being uh, thoughtful about how we invest ourselves is important, but also being, you know, it's an area that uh, when it comes to people, we can be a little bit reckless, I would say, in terms of uh, just uh, there's there's a beautiful song from Rich Mullins. He talks about that reckless raging fury that we call the love of God. God gives us the example of real recklessness in investing himself in us. And the great saints are those who were reckless in investing themselves in others. What was Mother Teresa ever going to get out of those tens of thousands of people that she picked up off the streets and really just helped to die? She took them into a house for the dying and gave them some love so that their last days of life were not in squalor on the street. What was she going to get out of them? and it and the and that's the way that the return on investment starts to disappear in an act of love she did that out of love for god not because she thought she was going to get something out of god it wasn't sort of like in order to win heaven i'm going to you know do this thing it we start to lose our calculations when love comes in love has that eternal quality that that defies calculation how much is one act of love worth St. John of the Cross says that one pure act of love is worth more than all of the, other, the church's other activities combined. So when we're, when we're balancing things out, we should also have this kind of uh, ledger-destroying calculation about the value of love and investing love. And Jesus challenges us even investing love in those who definitely can't pay us back, actually being intentional about that. Find the people who aren't able to repay you and invite them to the banquet, uh, do good works for them. And, and that's where the calculations start to break down. And we really start to see the, the daring and radical quality of Christianity, which is really doing something different than what the world is doing. So again, I think it was really good that we started from a place of, of, of reasonable activity and careful calculation and thoughtful investment and risk benefits and vulnerability and all of those wonderful things which are the which are a good starting place and then it stretches us out into a place that we look at the saints and they're breathtaking for us precisely because there isn't a calculus that can merely be repeated there is something daring about the way that they love and and that's the the great witness that's the radiant light for us as well we become most fully who we are by making a sincere gift of ourselves by giving ourselves away in love and ultimately doing that without bound, without counting the cost, without measure.
0: And what a beautiful way to end today's episode. So we thank everyone for being out there and listening. Uh, We will be with you again here next week. And please continue to subscribe and to like us on your various platforms. Thank you.